This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Oh, yes, BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Happy Friday, August 6th. Wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, once again, teamed up with the guy who is just excited to play some football, Jerem Jordan. Oh, if I was playing, BYU would be 0-12 every year. It'd be bad. Welcome back, by the way. Thank you. Uh, Spencer, right? Um, Uriah Leotala is very excited about playing. Listen to what he said yesterday. We started playing football. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. We're tired of just working out. Let's go play football now. Yeah, let's play. Well so, said, brother. Uh, the, the, the sad thing is uh, BYU doesn't actually play uh, for, you know, almost a month. Uh, but <laughs> the fall camp part of it for the guys is exciting. And it was fun to have the reports and the press conferences and the highlights from yesterday, which we will get to throughout the program. Football is life. Football is life. Yes. Yeah. Here's your show lineup. Yeah, a full day one recap from BYU football training camp. Who's going to be the fall camp most valuable player? This is something that we get excited about, kind of, every year. I was going to say, I used to be more excited about it. (laughs) The voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel, will join us to preview not only football, maybe we'll sneak in a soccer question there as well. But for now, bring on today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Day one of camp is in the books. Cougars had practice in the morning, then lunch, position meetings, a lift, walkthrough, and dinner. Head coach Kalani Satake was pleased with the opening practice. Uh, I really like how the players work during the offseason. And uh, they took uh, care of themselves, got themselves ready. I mean, you can see that they look like they're in shape and they run well. And uh, I kind of like the way that they perform with the PRPs. Things are a lot clean, cleaner than I've seen, but still have a lot of work to do, a lot more install, a lot of things to go with offensively, defensively, special teams. I was, I was really pleased with day one practice. Cougars practice again today without media availability. The plan is to go Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Fall camp MVP candidate Baylor Romney and his teammate Keanu Hill named to the Earl Campbell Tyler Rose watch list given to the best offensive players specifically from the state of Texas. James Empey and Clark Barrington are named to the Rotary Lombardi watch list given to the best offensive and defensive linemen, respectively. The Denver Nuggets had Jimmer Fredette to its summer league roster. Fredette's last NBA action was in 2019 with the Phoenix Suns. Uh, Denver is where Jimmer lives. So, hometown hookup. Here we go again. Is this another NBA tryout for Jimmer, or is this just a way to stay fresh for Europe it's, or somewhere? It's the summer league. Yeah. So, no. Hey, get to watch Jimmer in an NBA summer league on TV somewhere, right? Wait, man. Jimmer yeah, on so, TV? I yeah, like that. Soak, soak it in. I like that. Former Cougar Aleva Hifo signs with the Arizona Cardinals. He had recently worked out for the Atlanta Falcons. His NFL dream continues. The Los Angeles Rams, uh, Rams rather, have waived Diane Lake. He re-signed with L.A. back in June. So Diane now looking for a football opportunity elsewhere. What about Diane Gamolica? What about him? The artist that, formerly known as yeah, Diane Lake. Yeah, exactly. Lucas Slave and the USA women's volleyball team sweep Serbia in the semifinals. Congratulations. They'll play... For gold against Brazil, who took out uh, South Korea. Sorry about that, Spence. All good. Sunday. All good. Brazil versus South Korea. Look what happened. (laughs) (laughs) Not a surprise. (laughs) In that sport specifically. Semis is pretty good. That's pretty good for them. Yes. Yes. Achievement. 
Daniel Summerhays, Patrick Fishburne, and Rhett Rasmussen are each competing in the Utah Championship on the Corn Ferry Tour. As of right now, Summerhays tied for 59th, three under on the tourney. He's at even par through seven holes today. Fishburne tied right there with Daniel Summerhays. He tees off at 2.15, or rather 12.15 Mountain Time today. Rasmussen in 111th place at one under, and he is one under through two holes today. Cougars in the minors. Brendan Lund hit a solo dinger for the AAA Salt Lake Bees. It's up there, it's out there, and it's gone. In uh, a 7-5 loss to the Las Vegas Aviators. Jackson Clef goes one for two with two RBIs and a double-A Harrisburg Senators 3-2 win over the Erie Seawolves. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Day one, baby. Football is back, and yes, football is life. Let's join a couple of our friends, Dave McCann and Blaine Fowler, to recap day one from BYU Football Training Camp. Everybody, Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, day one of Cougar Camp. It was great to see the guys out there because it means football is that much closer to being here. What did you learn today? Well, the, the team has a lot of energy, and they're excited to be out there. And you know, when you talk to the guys, they're, they're really excited that they're going to get a chance to play in front of fans. Yeah. Let's talk about the quarterbacks, which is what everyone's talking about. We talked to Jaron Hall, who went with the ones today. Is that an indication of what they want to do, or where are they at with installing the offense? Well, you, you go into fall camp with an order of how guys are going to get plays. And, and Aaron Roderick, we just talked with, and you know, Aaron says, we're installing the offense. That's going to take until the middle of next week. And we're also evaluating those quarterbacks in each piece of that offense. That so how does that work? So, so Jaron goes with the ones today, and I don't know that he did anything to not go with the ones tomorrow, but they're sharing time. They each get equal numbers of plays. And, and, and today they were doing a lot of play, action pass, run game, moving the quarterbacks around a little bit. Um, and so each piece that they add, let's say uh, tomorrow they add the RPO game, the run-pass option game, you may go, wow, Jaron looked great. Uh, in yesterday's part of what we did offensively, but he didn't look so good yeah. in today. So this portion of the offense, if he's the guy, we maybe don't do so much of that. Or, wait a minute, if there's multiple parts of this offense he can't run, maybe he's not the guy. So you evaluate him each day as you're installing and each quarterback's skill to see how they fit the offense that you're putting in. That's the wrap from day one. For Blaine Fowler, I'm Dave McCann. We'll see you later. We're just getting started. Dave McCann and Blaine Fowler, thank you for that recap. Jerem, I'm Good ask... polos, by the way, for those guys. Yeah. They look nice. They look really nice. They look Purple, professional, almost like, like they've done that before, right? Yeah, like 30 years. <laughs> Crazy. We, we've got 20 years to go. Not surprisingly, the emphasis is on the quarterback battle right now. Oh, yeah. Okay? Oh. Jaron Hall, Baylor Romney, Jacob Conover. Heard of them. Okay? So let's ask or find out more from Aaron Roderick about the uh, spotlight on that quarterback position. That was naturally the first question of the day that he received. So uh, how did he see the quarterbacks on day one? Good, not great. But day one, um, did a lot of good things. It's, the install is kind of limited, so you don't have a lot, of, a lot of your best plays aren't in yet. And we have a really good defense. Our, our defense is good. Ooh, okay. So more than the quarterbacks there, that soundbite for me became about the defense, Jerem. Yeah, and I'm trying to remember if he was asked about general offense or quarterbacks, but those are tied together. It's all good. Um, yeah, that's I'm okay. Listen, at the beginning of fall camp, the defense is going to be better than the offense typically because they're more reactionary. The offense is like, what are the plays? Let's figure it out. And you're throwing out like the threes and fours and whatnot. It's all good. 
it's all good this early because the continuity of having Aaron Roderick as the primary play caller and now officially the offensive coordinator and officially paid as the offensive coordinator, Fesitake in the mix, it's the same staff minus Jeff Grimes and Eric Mateos. Now, they had, and Aaron pointed this out yesterday, six offensive coaches last year. They had an extra person. You, you could have you know, 11 now instead of just a 10. So now they have uh, f- you know, five and five. Kevin Clune was an analyst. Now he's officially a coach with the linebackers. So it's all good, man. All good. Okay, Jaron Hall was asked if he's approaching this as if he was the starter, but he went in a different direction. And my mindset is to go win you know, against Arizona, you know, whatever, whatever happens. So that's kind of my mindset right now, just focus on game one and, and prepare for that. Jaron is like the most focused dude I've ever met in my life, by the way. Like, he, like he, he'll smile, but he is very task-oriented. Yes. Which I can appreciate. Like, what do you want out of the quarterback? Would, do you want the dude that's like focused, putting in the work? He's a new dad, by the way. Just like a month, right, of a new baby? Yeah, he's had quite the offseason. So has he even slept? Uh, Working know? with John Beck. Yeah, he's been busy, right? He's been busy. So... I'm okay with that answer. I really am. Yes. Like, if we don't get a real answer to that question, that's okay. Because to him, that's the real answer. It's the pull string answer. I'm going to Arizona. Yes. Like, what do you mean? Pull string. Like, it's typical. Like, not going to get much out of it. Just, I'm just focused. I'm focused. Pull string right. meaning like, like you just pull like it's the same and that's thing all every you time. do. It's the same, same thing, thing every, every time. time. Okay. Every until, time. Until on my uh, leaf blower, I pulled it out. Like, just boom. Just snapped it. And I was so lazy, I didn't fix it. I just bought a new one. This is Woody the Cowboy from Toy Story. <laughs> yeah. Pull the string. That's the answer that we're going to get from Jaron Hall. Well, there are like five answers from Woody, but yeah. <laughs> Come on, right? Well, he, There's a snake in my boots. He'll give us a few, right? Yes. There, there are a few options. I'm telling you, I'm not opposed to sort of um, – he's somewhat robotic in those answers. Yeah, exactly. I'm okay with sure. it. I really am. Like, just get the job done. I don't care about your personality as much as I care about the performance yeah. on the field. Now, other than the quarterback competition, believe it or not – there are some other competition no. battles brewing, Jerem. No. Yeah, it's bigger than the quarterbacks. And Aaron Roderick expects some of those to be decided maybe sooner than we anticipated. I would say by middle of next week, um, you'll, we'll start to get a good idea of who everybody is. You know, we've got we've got a lot of position battles. You know, who's the third running back? Who's the fourth running back? Those are some interesting, interesting situations. They're going to be fun to fun to watch. Okay, specifically the third and fourth running backs? I think Aaron watches the show because yesterday I brought up who's the third string running back, specifically at that point. Kalani Satake earlier this week, Spence, said on the show, listen, I think that we need – because I said, are you going to announce that internally and then externally you can do whatever? And he said, I don't think we need to be coy about it. We need to When we know, we need to say it, and the fans need to know. Sure. That was a little different than what I expected. Take the drama out of it. Yeah, and and it's 2021. Someone's going to leak it. So much specul- they, unnecessary there are, speculation. There, there are brothers of media members. There are sons of media yeah. members on the staff. When it's decided, like, it's decided. It's, just say it. Like, it's all good. Why be so coy about it? Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. Aaron Roderick told the uh, media that, like last year, the quarterbacks won't be getting hit in fall camp. That worked <gasps> out pretty well for Brigham. Uh, okay. Uh, Jaron Hall was asked if he liked the no-touching rule for fall camp. Hope I don't ever get hit. That's the plan, right? Avoid all that. But uh, yeah, right. And that's football, though. You know, so play the game to get hit, and that's just part of the deal. Listen, hey, now there's a little bit more of a reactionary hey, answer. It's kind of hey. fun, right? He's got a, a little mustache going to personality. Uh, like yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, great answer. 
I hope I never get hit. <laughs> right. I like that. Will he purposely try and limit those potential uh, hits by not running as much as he may be inclined to have done in the past? It's a tough thing, right? Because tough balance. You, it's a tough balance. Like, how aggressive should you be with Jaron Hall? And, like, he had two concussions in successive games he played, not back-to-back actual games. Um, that knocked him out for the season, and then he had a hip injury last year that kept him out for the whole year. So it's tough because Jaron Hall is the best athlete among those quarterbacks, and he's probably the best quarterback as well. So what do you do if you're Aaron Roderick? That's a a thing he'll have to figure out. There was a theme that developed during yesterday's media availability. I love this. Yes, and it dealt with proving something following last season's success when BYU finished ranked for the first time in 12 years, number 11 in the final AP poll, and of course those 11 victories headlined by the quarterback Zach Wilson. But this is unfinished business for these guys. Something left to prove. Listen to Aaron Roderick right here. We have to continue to practice every day, you know, with that chip on our shoulder that we've got something to prove because most people don't care what we did last year, you know. It's... It's, it's no, you know, for for some people there's an asterisk by it, and for others it's you know, it's just over now. It's time to move on, and so we got to keep that hunger, that chip on our shoulder, to prove something, you know. Sustained mm. success, I love it. Very difficult thing to do. Was last year just a fluke? That ideology has kind of been pumped into a lot of the guys' heads. Was oh yeah, it was a pandemic year. You played nobody. Like, go out and prove it against a real schedule. So they're taking that as those, a significant chip on the shoulder. Listen, those are all fair statements. They really are. Like, BYU took advantage of the situation. It was BYU's fault that everyone canceled with them, the six power fives. So BYU took advantage. They had an amazing year. We all know that, preaching to the choir here. But it was a different kind of year. So if BYU wins fewer than eight, it was a fluke. A fluke? Yeah. Ooh. Meaning, meaning, ah, it was a one-off because you didn't play any Power Fives. BYU has to win at least eight to okay. be like, nope, we can handle a seven Power Five schedule in Boise State, and we're good enough. I believe, and you believe, that BYU is more than good enough for that. But they are right. They're trying to carry a, this isn't going to connect to this year unless we really amp it up attitude. I love that. Uriah Leatawa echoed that sentiment as well and had a really strong statement here. I feel like a lot of guys have a lot of things to prove, especially when uh, everyone keeps saying that our schedule was cupcake last year. I think everyone's ready to show them that it wasn't, and it wasn't just a fluke, and like we don't need Zach Wilson to do that and stuff like that. They're like, oh, you're missing this guy or this guy. But I think everyone's just determined to play and show what we got. Oh, Amen. I love how aware he is of Amen. the detail right there. Yes, because, listen, if BYU goes 7-6, and 7-6, six, and six, COVID year, didn't play any Power Fives, 11-1. Seven and six? Yeah. You're that same team from before. This is a different team. This is a team that has increased its talent, that has added to it. I'm not saying necessarily it's more talented than last year. We'll see about that because you just lost 12 NFL guys. Like, it's hard to say you've upgraded the talent overall. I'm just saying they've added a lot of good talent, Power 5 transfers and da-da-da, guys off missions. I am very excited that they they seem like they have the right attitude going into this year. Sure. And I'm very excited about that because it starts with a good attitude. Now you have to execute, but if you start with a bad attitude, you ain't going to execute. Okay, So step one, day one, good attitude, chip on the shoulder. People thought that was a fluke. No one believes in us, like that whole thing. Great. Embrace it. Great.
One of the great mysteries of the BYU football fan life will be the what could Zach Wilson and that team have done against the original schedule? Like in the afterlife, I would like to play that out. I would like to simulate (laughs) that and no. Okay. I'd like to watch those games. So let me ask you a question to clarify something. You say if they don't win eight games, does that include a bowl game or are you just talking regular season? Okay. So eight and five. They got to get at least eight wins this season, including a bowl game. Yeah. Otherwise, you're back to the team you were before the pandemic. 7-6, 7-6. Seven six, seven six. See, and for me, the great indicator is if BYU can have a winning record overall against the seven power fives. If they can go four and three against the seven power fives, they've got a shot at nine wins, Jeremy. Which would be fantastic, right? So Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, fluke that, nine right? Would if be you, nice. if you uh, get four. You can't go one game of above seven. 500 and celebrate anything. I'm sorry. You just can't. Not at this program. In the overall schedule. Not at this program. No. The Power 5 gauntlet starts with Arizona. In how many days? Countdown to the Wildcats. 29 days. Four weeks from tomorrow. Ooh. Ooh. Mufasa. Ooh. Four weeks from tomorrow, BYU and Arizona in Allegiant Stadium. I'm getting excited, man. Las Vegas Raiders. I'm getting stoked. Like, I, I, like I, I could feel the buzz from yesterday. It was exciting. Okay, let's stay with the theme that we just brought up. And go to our question of the day. What does BYU have to prove coming off of last year? 11 wins in that pandemic and, as Uriah Leatawa put it, a cupcake schedule. Let's hear from you. Well, he said some people are some saying. People. Sorry. He's, he's not he saying. Phrase it that way. Yes. Which, listen, compared to this year, yeah, it was. It's go, a lot harder. Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At J underscore Royal 09 answers on Twitter. BYU is a legit top 25 team. That's what they have to prove. They lost a lot of contributors to the NFL, but I feel they reloaded and the experience the returners got from last year is huge as well. Okay, so they need to prove that they are a top 25 team. Yeah, last year BYU absolutely was in that year. But if you're trying to carry and build and continue a program, yeah, you got you got to answer the bell, and to me, you got to go at least A plus, okay. not nine. And, and I'm cool if uh, they do that. Receiving votes would be fantastic against the schedule. Okay, top twenty five is fun. Top twenty five, you got to win ten games. That's that's so I don't. That's whew. too high for me. It really is. That'd be great. That'd be okay. great. Coming up, did Coach Sataki just unveil the best diet plan ever? <laughs> and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel, discusses day one of fall camp. What did he learn after one day? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Yo, games are back starting tomorrow. 15th ranked women's soccer team led by Michaela Coulihan and the gang plays its blue and white scrimmage 9 Eastern Saturday night on the BYU TV app, yo. And Jerem, one week from Saturday, an actual game. Weber State. Let's go. Yeah, it's an expert. <laughs> <laughs> After that, the regular season. Then again, it counts. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Why am I talking like Jerry Seinfeld? I don't know. Oh, why is your voice? I don't know. Why is your voice so high? We are live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I am Spencer Linton. That is Jerem Jordan. Joining us now, and he couldn't be happier about it, is the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel, from his lofty perch on the second floor. Greg, great to have you back with us. Football is in the air, my friend. How are you feeling? What's the deal with me still being on the second floor? <laughs> <laughs> one, 
one day you'll be on the third, Greg. <laughs> it's a fantastic impression. I like that. Why have I not discovered that about you until now? Greg Greg, Greg uh, holds back. You know, yes, he Greg, does. Greg can do way more. I know it. Okay. You don't have to do the Jerry Seinfeld impression throughout this interview, but if you want to throw well, in some more later, you can. Pause. Uh, the spooktacular. <laughs> it's a one-off. It's a one-off. <laughs> the yeah. spooktacular. Halloween special we did. Was that 2019? Yes. Oh, whoa, okay. no, 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 2017. That the was- only highlight from that year. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Greg was in person, uh, er, er, impersonating Ron Burgundy for two full hours. I kid you not. In that, like, Greg, I don't mean to offend you by this. And I've told you this to your face before. That was your greatest performance of all time. <laughs> it was incredible, man. <laughs> I, I do appreciate that. I, I may have done it for two hours, but I didn't do it very well for two hours. I but, thought. Uh, I, I thought. I, I was shocked you stayed in character. It was amazing. It was amazing. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Greg. Day one of fall football camp. I don't know why we call it fall camp because it's not technically Summer. fall until September 21st. It's like, what's what's called training camp? Yeah, you know, camp. That, that, that's a weird thing. I, I've had a problem with that too. Uh, we say fall camp, but fall's not for a while. So I just call it training camp. Yeah. I get, I get an NFL vibe, right? Yeah. Training I'm, camp. For I'm you. with you. Okay. Technicalities. Yes, it is training camp. It's hard to learn things on day one when you already are the voice of the Cougars and you're embedded with the team. But did anything jump out to you? Did anything surprise you from day one? Uh, Surprising, no. I I think pleasantly surprised is that nothing, um, you know, major happened on on the health or injury front. Um, There may have been a guy that, 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 that walked off. Um, that that wasn't in the final session, uh, team session that you want to keep an eye on. But for the most part, they got through that first day without, you know, somebody having to be carted off or you're talking about uh, an an absence that you don't want to see early in camp. So uh, I always look for that. I I think one of the things of training camp is you try and get through as clean as possible, as cleanly as possible. And, and, And one day down, and I think they did that. So you just want to stay with as many of your key players uh, in, in as, as healthy a position as possible. And so that, that was positive. Uh, I, I think a lot of the names we saw with the ones are the people we expected to see with the ones. And, and so to that extent, now it's all about developing depth. And, and you know, there will be a lot of guys rotating, especially on, the de- on that defensive front. But for the most part, the people you saw are the people you expected to see. In terms of uh, quarterback play, uh, anything stick out? What they look like to you? Yeah, well, you know, Jaron Hall, you know, gets uh, gets the first snaps uh, in, in the team session, and he's the guy they brought out to talk to the press yesterday. And and we're probably going to hear from other quarterbacks as camp goes along. But I think it's okay to read into the fact that on day one, uh, you know, they, they, they established Jaron Hall as someone that could take, uh, you know, that leadership role and have, if not the inside track, uh, the first look to be that guy. And I think, I think that the more this goes along, people expect more and more that Jared might be the guy that just grabs it by the reins and, and takes hold of it. But, um, you know, the, the things the public or the media will see will be, you know, a fraction of what the coaches are going to use to truly analyze um, the data to make their decision. But again, indications on day one are they are going to give, you know, Jaron every chance to, to, you know, secure a spot that way. Greg Rubel with us on BYU Sports Nation. Two of the bigger off-season transfer portal acquisitions, if you want to call them that, were the Nakua brothers. What did you see from Puka and Samson Nakua yesterday? Well, the, in in the, the the period we were able to watch, uh, we saw Samson, uh, you know, get his hand on a couple of balls and look good. Of course, he's got a reputation. He's got a resume. He's done it for a while. Not surprising. 
Um, in, and, and, and Puka is, is purely a technician. He's exciting. I mean, uh, I, I think what he's able to do to people um, is, is going to be an eye-opener uh, once he gets on the field for BYU. And so I, I think kind of as advertised on, on day one, and just deepens an already deep wide receiver room. And, and Aaron Roderick himself pointed to uh, the wide receiver room and the tight end room as two real areas of strength for this team right now. And, and just the sheer number of guys that O-line. I think right now we're looking at 17 guys uh, on the offensive line, and they feel really good. I, I think about six to eight front-line guys on the offensive front. And so, uh, you know, Aaron Roderick's not shy about saying that, uh, you know, what he has right now is, is the deepest offense that BYU's had since he's been with back with the program. I love the O-line and what's happening because BYU shifted its philosophy when Robert and I came back for part two, go fast, go hard, kind of a smaller, quicker group to cater to Taysom Hill and Jamal Williams and that offense, right? We're back to the old BYU lines, but it's, it might even be bigger, man. Two six eight three hundred plus tackles, plus Graydon Kime coming off the bench, who's a six eight three hundred guy. The, the road graders are back for BYU, and I don't know about you, but I love it, man. And and Clark Barrington um, has has been touting his brother, you know, Campbell, as have others in the program. If you think Clark's good, wait till you see the brother. And so the Barrington brothers uh, could be a fixture for this BYU offensive line for some time to come, which is pretty cool. I don't know why I feel like we need to talk like uh, we're from Oxford every time we discuss the Barrington brothers, but Sir the, Campbell Barrington, <laughs> just, yeah. it just feels the Earl that of way. Barrington, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. exactly. We like to discuss the fall camp MVP, and in years past, it has been the backup quarterback. But we're not really sure who the backup quarterback is going to be <laughs> this year. So I think we're kind of leaning towards Jaron Hall as the early favorite as a fall camp MVP. But is there a dark horse in your mind that could be that fall camp MVP, Greg? Well, I, I, I think if you're if you're coming into a camp uh, with a quarterback competition, whoever wins that competition has got to be the guy, right? Uh, the most important spot, and and the guy who wins has got to be the natural right there. Uh, I, I, I mean, you know, Dallin Holker was exciting as a freshman, and no one's going to unseat Isaac Rex right now, but just in terms of pure depth, having a one-two punch at tight end between Rex and Holker is pretty exciting to me. And so I'm, I'm, I'm glad that Dallin Holker is back. I think I think running back depth might be a place where you could find maybe uh, uh, maybe an unsung guy that jumps up. Even though Tyler Algier is the man, uh, the guys behind him uh, I, I think are are truly exciting in terms of you know giving BYU depth and giving Tyler a spell and and more than one guy that can make a play back there. So I think there are a lot of different places you can go to find someone like that, and you can't ignore uh, the impact of the Nakua uh, the Nakua brothers and Puka in particular. But uh, Neil Pau on day one. Uh, garnered recognition uh, from Coach Roderick in particular, and and, and Neil may, may, may be ready to have kind of a, a breakout standout season as well. Yeah, loaded at the skill positions. It's really fun. And it was interesting. I was looking at the roster because of COVID, obviously. No one really pushes through a senior year and is done. There's only three seniors listed on this team. It's going to be the same team next year with the exception of just three guys. Then on the defensive yeah. side of the ball, Greg, uh, Aaron Roderick said, hey, our defense is good, man. There are some playmakers to be replaced on that side of the ball. But how do you feel about uh, that side of the ball for BYU, which does have uh, some good players returning, but they've got to prove themselves? Yeah, I, I think what Elisa Tuiaki, Kalani Sitake, and, and the defensive coaches have done along with the players is, is kind of established a pretty strong baseline uh, defensively. They have, a, they have a strategy. They have an identity. Um, and and there will be some ebbs and flows in terms of, you know, particular teams that might be stronger in one aspect or another. 
But I, I, I don't think that there's a, uh, I mean, and even though the offense and the special teams, you know, garnered the majority of, you know, the watch list attention uh, in the preseason and watch lists include a lot of people, but they really kind of, you know, they, they didn't have a lot to go on on the defensive side of the ball other than Peyton Wilgar, who will be really good. But I think, you know, by the end of this season, we will find that we'll have been talking about a lot more than just Peyton Wilgar among defensive standouts uh, on this team. Voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel with us. I want to sneak in a question about women's soccer before we let you go, Greg, because they open up the blue-white scrimmage this Saturday, then an exhibition against Weber State on the 14th before things get officially underway on August 19th. When I look at the roster and what they return and what I think they're capable of, in my mind, they feel like an historic potential team. Elite Eight, maybe Final Four good. Am I off my rocker? Am I wearing way too, big, way too big of blue goggles to think that this women's soccer team could make history this year and go to their first ever Final Four? Well, you know, they were in a good spot in the spring in that, in that you know, kind of bizarre, kind of surreal spring season we had earlier this year. And I, I didn't feel great about the draw when they got to Carolina and had to face Virginia in their first game. I thought BYU could have gone deeper than it did. I thought Virginia was just a tough draw for that particular team. And that game could have been, that could have been two nothing BYU in the first 10 minutes and those shots didn't go in the game. They could have done more with what they had. That said, they bring that all back as a really nice springboard. And, and yes, it is basically last year's team just flashed forward with players like uh, Tara Warner and Addie Gardner and Caroline Stringfellow who were not part of last year's team. Tara was, but not playing. And then Gardner and Stringfellow were freshmen. Those are three players alone that could make a real difference on this team that was already very strong. And as you noted, begins the, the preseason rank number 15. So, no, I, I think Jen put together the kind of schedule that shows and indicates that she believes this could be a special team. I don't think you put this schedule together unless you feel you've got the kind of team uh, to make the kind of national noise that takes you deep into a tournament run. And, yes, it would be great to get over that hump and make that first-ever Final Four. I think it's a confidence boost that – that the team that won the national championship, Santa yep. Clara, yes. is a team yes. BYU, is a team BYU beat on its home pitch in the spring, and so the Cougars know the kind of team they have. They beat the national champs, so so why not take that next step and and make it over the hump? Um, a lot to be done between now and then, but the potential is certainly there. I'm excited. All right, Greg, great to catch up with you. I'm keeping these on. We're talking Final Four. Let's go. I love it. Anytime I love we it. discuss Final Four, any sport. Let's, let, any sport. Let's go. Like, let's Except for men's volleyball. That one's just normal. But, yeah. Greg, great to talk with you, man. We'll see you around soon. Always a pleasure. Thanks, guys. The voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Can't wait to run into him upstairs. Nation. Yeah. Football, soccer. Yeah, you're going to be next door to football, him real, real soon. Football. Coming up. Chef <laughs> <Shep> goes one. <laughs> these class are so stupid. <laughs> Chef goes one-on-one with Tyler Roger. And did Kalani Satake just unveil the best diet plan ever? No fail! This is BYU Sports Nation. I was shocked when I heard it. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. Yo, BYU TV sending two Cougar football fans, not Utah fans, that's for sure, to the season opener against Arizona and Las Vegas. One grand prize winner gets a Trip for two, including flight, transportation, and lodging, plus tickets to the game, of course. Five second-place winners will receive a BYU football fan pack and a Roku. Follow BYU TV Sports on social media for details. Winners will be selected, and random entry does not guarantee a prize. The winners will be announced on this program go. August 20th. Today's word is celebrate. <laughs> celebrate. That's Good times. Come on. 
Did you want me to finish that? Because I no, nope. I just did. Sorry. I kind of didn't, but okay. it's well, too late. It's live. I failed. We'll do it live. He is Jerem. I am Spencer. This is BYU Sports Nation. Let's fail some more and whip it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cougar Whip Ramp presented by Visible Supply Chain Management, tackling America's most challenging shipping problems. Who will play in more association games this year? Yoli Childs or Jimmer Friday? NBA games? The association. Man. That's a good question. Oh, it really is. I'm going to go with Yoli Childs. I will, too. I just think Jimmer's, uh, did I call him Dimmer? Uh, (laughs) Jimmer's Jimmer's NBA career is probably done. I just think he wants to be able to have more control of the ball and the team, and I just think that's probably on an international. Do NBA Summer League games count as NBA games? No. Okay. No. Uh, Jimmer has his name in a Little Wayne song. Like he's peaked already. Okay, he does. Yes. I didn't know that. Yeah, really cool. Wait, Little Wayne or Lil Wayne? Lil Wayne. Oh, okay. Because I was like, Little Wayne. Probably little has a lot Wayne. Of yeah. <laughs> Sir Little Wayne. Peyton Manning. Jerem is inviting one Tom Brady mm-hmm. to sit in his section at his Pro Football Hall of Fame induction. Okay, rivals. Pretty cool. Yep. Which BYU rival would you invite to, let's say, a family dinner? You've, you've talked uh, swimmingly about Eric Weddle um, and what I've seen. I really like Eric Weddle. So probably Eric Weddle or my guy, Danny Christensen of the Utah Warriors, who's a Ute as okay. well. I, okay. I told him the other day, I said, you're one of my favorite Utes. You're in my top five. Yes. Fantastic. I love Eric Weddle. I would also invite Britton Covey to a family dinner. Oh, yeah. That's a yeah. good one. We still love Britton. We love Britton. Maybe Devin Kafusi too. Yeah. Okay, okay, tell tell the story of when you'd walk in the Chargers locker room to interview Eric and he'd see you, what he would say. Oh, yeah, so he would... Uh, <laughs> can I even say those words on the air of BYU Sports Nation? I have before many times. <laughs> so I'd walk into if the Chargers the locker room and he'd see me from across the way because he knew, he knew that I was coming to talk to him because we had you know very familiar ties. And he'd be like, BYU sucks. I thought it was more like... He'd come in and go, BYU sucks. Yeah, BYU sucks. And you're like, get out of here, Eric hey, Weddle. Eric, no. No, he's he's a nice dude. He's a good dude. Yeah, no, the rivalry yeah. lives the right way in his mind. Like, I want the BYU-Utah rivalry to be the way that Eric Weddle and yeah. I shared it in uh, the yeah. NFL locker Amen. Rooms. Amen. It's really fun. And, uh, no. Yeah, Britton Covey's he another guy. Britton, yes. come, come hang out at, for, for family dinner, bro. Britton seems like good head. Yeah. Um, if you're looking to get into shape, you can follow Kyle Collinsworth on Twitter. He, gave, he gives nutrition and exercise tips. Intermittent fasting is a big one he mentions. Exercise, of course. <laughs> or you can subscribe to the Kalani Satake diet plan. I told you guys, my, my, my diet plan is a resurrection. So I'm just going to keep <laughs> going to keep going how I am right now and being happy. <laughs> <laughs> what? Whose diet plan are you more on board with? Kyle Collinsworth or Kalani Satake? Well, I tell you, I would enjoy this life a lot more with Kalani Satake's diet plan, right? <laughs> it's just throwing in the resurrection. The restoration all of all things. Yes, yes. Uh, the more effective in this lifetime, probably Kyle Collins with if, intermittent fasting. If the, Intermittent fasting? Ugh, What's I, your favorite intermittent fasting period? He said 8 p.m. to 10 a.m. or something like that. And I was like... You don't eat anything between the hours of 8 p.m. and 10 a.m.? That sounds miserable. Talking about breakfast. Yeah. Um, neither? Uh, no. Kalani's is happening whether you like it or not. <laughs> Our belief. Uh, and uh, Kyle Collinsworth sounds really difficult, but satisfying in terms of what it would be. He do says for he's you. in the best physical shape of his life right now. Yes. Posted a video of him getting kicked in the abs yesterday while yeah. he was doing pull ups. Yeah. What? It depends what price you want to pay. 
Is that fun? I love not being sore ever. So there you go. Back to BYU football fall camp. (laughs) Did the highlight of, sorry, training camp, Jaron, because we're not in the fall. We're calling it training camp. Did the highlight of BYU football training camp already happen? The answer is yes. Max Tooley? Yeah. It's not going to get better than this. Watch. Max Tooley making a one-handed interception like this. That is the best one. It's over. It's over. We don't need any other plays that are going to challenge this because they won't be better. Okay. Wow, I the think, backhand. I think, like, it, and it wasn't like OBJ, like, oppo. He kind of, like, turns with it, too. A little bobble there. I deduct him one-tenth for that, but since we're the, in the Olympic mode. But, no, that's incredible, dude. All right, Max Tooley. Incredible. And Braden Cosper had a fantastic catch yesterday, but it wasn't as good as that backhand, one-handed interception. Caleb Christensen had an incredible catch that was caught on uh, a photograph, not video okay. but yeah get great. that video evidence for it to qualify as the highlight of camp maybe okay I don't know. <laughs> uh Uriah Tao says we should keep an eye on Pepe Tanuvasa to Naisamahe as stronger and faster than Kairos Tonga what whoa Caden Hawes and the others on the defensive line does Uriah's confidence in his teammates sell you on this being a very good defensive line it sells me on being a better defensive line like some like I last listen, year I listen to well no last year's defensive line right now to me compared to what we see on paper this year, is going to be a better defensive line. You've got an NFL yes. nose tackle. It's hard to say it'll be better without Kyrus. Correct. But what if it is? Then BYU's in really good shape, Jerome. Fawatea and Leatawa yes. are back from injury. Correct. They did not play very much last year. Yeah. Plus Tyler Batty, hopefully fully healthy. Tyler Batty got hurt. Yeah. It could be better. Tyler had his uh, three-sack game and then was playing or trying to play injured the rest of the year. Yes, that can be very good. Yeah. I feel better about the defensive line when I look at this, and you you add to that conversation that Uriah just brings up. So I feel better about yeah. it, but I'm not ready to say that, oh, they're going to be better than last year without Kyra's tone. They'll be better. We're calling it. Oh, be I, I love it. Let's go. We'll, I love we'll, it. We'll, quant- we'll be able to quantify it, too, on the field. With sacks and tackles for yep. loss and, and havoc. Run game and yep. all that stuff, the yep. havoc rate. Yep, yep, yep. Okay. Okay, coming up, who's going to win the always coveted fall <laughs> camp, I mean training camp, MVP? <laughs> and Jason Shepard goes one-on-one with BYU, we think, starting running back, Tyler Algier. Excuse me? He's going to be the starter. Yeah. This is BYU Sports News. How dare you? How dare you? BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. After further review, after further review is back. Watch the season premiere aired Tuesday. It's on demand on the BYU TV app as the guys try and cram as many touchdowns from last season in the show as possible. I think yeah. they got 56 of the 50, uh, 69 TDs in there and multiple angles. So wow. check it out. It's on the BOTV app. It is free 99. There were too many to fit into that show. Crazy, right? It's a good scene. They showed hundreds of highlights because they did three or four replays of every play. Welcome back to BYU Sports Station. We are live in Studio B. Yesterday, our good friend Jason Shepard had the chance to speak with BYU's starting running back because he will be the starter. Yeah, I'm not sure why you brought that. <laughs> After day one of BYU football training camp, Tyler Algier, one-on-one with Jason Shepard. Day one of practice, in the books. I know you guys have been practicing on your own for a while, but to get back and have everything official, how good did it feel just to be out there today? No, it's great. It's an exciting time for sure, so great to be out here. What was the vibe like? Because like I mentioned, you guys have been together, but when you get back in an official capacity and you realize that week one is going to be here before we know it, how do things change when it's official? 
Yeah, so honestly, we just had a lot of energy, especially in the offseason. We brought a lot of energy in the weight room and everything we did, you know, just bringing it out in the field, so it was a good time. What was the offseason like for you? What were the things that you were focused on as you prepared to build off what was a fantastic year for you? Yeah, so just a lot of film study, film study, watching what I did last year and what I could perform or improve for this year. When you looked at your own tape, what stood out to you about last season? Obviously, 1,100 yards in a guy that produced week in and week out. When you saw yourself, how, how did you critique yourself? Sure, I, I like you try to critique myself hard, but you know, I, all my success goes to the O line. So, yeah, they they make me they make me look good. So, and I'll try to make them look good as well. Okay, now I need to ask you something that's extremely important. We have had this discussion on BYU Sports Nation. We were talking about breakout players for this season, and I said you. And then I got some pushback, like, well, how can he be a breakout player when he, when he had over 1,100 yards last year? And I said, well, we all knew how good he was last year. I think he's going to be the breakout player because I think the rest of the country is going to notice him this year. Do you, are you okay with me calling you a breakout player this year, even though you had such a great year last year? Honestly, yeah, you can call me. Uh, you can call me whatever you want. Honestly, shoot. See, he doesn't. He doesn't so. even. See, you don't even care. I was no. taking so much heat because I oh, he can't be a breakout player. He did so well last year. I know. Yeah, call me whatever you want. Whatever. I'll be cool. Whatever. What are your expectations for this season on a personal level? Personal level, literally just do what I did last year. But you know, obviously we lost some cable key notable players. But you know, I trust. I trust all of our guys that are stepping up, and so it should be good. So you know, just. Bringing it back up from last season, you know, just riding that wave. Give me an idea of what the running back room is like right now. You and Lopini and, and Hinkley Rapati and Jackson McChesney. I mean, the list goes on. Give us an idea of what that running back group is like right now, how hungry you guys are. No, we're, no, we're hungry. So, yeah, so all of them, especially uh, Cheese and uh, Hinkley, come in off from injuries. So, uh, you know, they've been working really hard this offseason. They've been grinding the playbook and all that just to act like they, they, didn't, miss, they didn't miss a day. So, you know, we're being out here, it was, uh, it was really good just seeing them get, come out and compete. So I, I think competition is high right now. So no one, no one has a starting job right now, so it should be fun. Because of the way the offseason was handled and everybody, you know, sort of taking it to themselves and making sure they're doing their part, have you noticed the guys came in ready this year to kind of hit the ground running? Oh, for sure, yeah. In, in what ways do you think last year's success can carry over to this year? Even though there's obviously new players and every year is unique, yeah. but... What from last year do you think you guys can take into this year to be successful? Honestly, just taking it game game by game, really. Especially because that COVID that COVID season, just uh, not knowing like all the uncertainties. But we know we know who we're playing. But we just need to focus on game by game and then take it from there. Does this feel different than last year's camp? I mean, obviously you mentioned it. You're kind of not sure what's going on, and and now things feel a little bit more secure. Obviously, COVID's still out there, but yeah. but things have progressed significantly. Does does this feel different than last year? You know, just a little bit, but, you know, there's still some pro COVID protocols and all that for some players, but, you know, it's, we're just trying to take it. We're just being grateful right now, so, you know, just take it day by day. Well, and at the end of the day, you guys just want to play football. Week one against Arizona, where do you feel, even though it's just day one, where do you guys feel you need to make your biggest improvements? What's the, what's the focus, do you think, even just from your position or on the offensive side? Where do you guys think you need to improve the most preparing for week one? Preparing for we've got honestly, I would say 
So honestly, just learning, learning from our mistakes from today, because obviously there was a lot of mistakes, and uh, even from the running back room. But obviously, making those mistakes and correcting them will get us ready for Week One. Just taking it day by day, like I said. Who can bench the most out of the running backs? Because obviously, you're pretty jacked. We, Hinkley Rapati, we've seen some of the off-season stuff. Jackson's huge. Lopini is. I mean. Who's who's the guy? When you guys get in the weight room, who's the one that's putting up the most? I give it to Hinkley Rapati. He's like eight point two percent body fat, but he <laughs> jacked literally uh, four plates easy. Four plates easy, easy, really. Like, Where, well, what are you at then? If he's at four plates, you you can do four plates, right? Uh, we'll give it on a day, you know. We'll see. <laughs> but he's he's for sure like the, that top guy in bench, yeah. the bench monster for sure. Obviously, you guys are preparing for a game, but. At the end of the day, you guys play this game because you love it. How much fun is it to be back out here right now? You know, it's just so just so grateful, just so so excited, no for sure. Just uh, just being able to get back on the field, you know, just taking it really just taking it day by day and just finishing this day and then going on to the next. You know, it's a great time. All right, Tyler, great stuff. Thank you so much for the time, and uh, we cannot wait for week one to get here. But a lot of stuff to do in the meantime, but everybody's excited. Thanks, no, man. Appreciate it. Tyler Algier with Jason Shepard. Are we still calling him Psycho T? I don't think so. Should we bring that back? Yeah, I think Psycho T is a great nickname. <laughs> is that a kosher 2021 nickname? <laughs> don't, I, Dewey Great was the one that uh, kind of like brought it. it back to the forefront. I do like it. That's yeah. good. Okay, coming up, which one of you is getting the elite voice of the day? And who's going to earn that amazing honor of training camp MVP. It's not fall camp. Mm. It's BYU training camp MVP. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding you forward. BYU Sports Nation always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Or download the podcast. You can Google BYU Sports Nation podcast. Subscribe, rate, interview. Great photos. Mm. BYU photos from yesterday. Love it. Love the reflection in Kalani Satake's hey, sunglasses. No green unis on the QBs. They're royal now. Yeah, how about that? Yeah. What took so long? I don't know. I know that most football teams traditionally have like an alternate color just yeah, so they it's stand got a, out. It's contrast, yep. But the Royal, I guess, is enough of a standout. It yeah. used to be kind of a pinkish-reddish back in the day. At BYU. Mm-hmm. If, if I remember correctly. It's a gross oversight. And then they did green because it was like, uh, excuse me. <laughs> yep. Okay. Yeah, you learn, you learn and you move on. It's an upgrade. That's a win. You think Utah's wearing blue ever? Jeremy, it's time to go on record. <laughs> Who will earn the great and distinctive honor? of being the BYU football 2021 training camp MVP when it's all said and done. We've talked about the philosophy behind this and the strategy. If, because no one cares about this but us, if there is an incumbent starter... At quarterback. It's the... At quarterback, thank you. It is the backup. It is the backup. It's so, always, he's the most popular guy. Yes, absolutely. Christian Stewart, Tanner Mangum. Yes, but there ain't no incumbent starter, so it's going to be whoever wins the starting job. Yes. Which is going to be Jaron Hall. We think. Okay. So Jaron Hall is going to win it. I don't know that anyone will come close to that. Now, what needs to happen is, here's how it can work, Spence. Certain media members can say, who stuck out today? They can ask that question. And if the same guy gets repeated a bunch, like Dallin Holker, Dallin Holker, Dallin Holker, then maybe Dallin Holker is a candidate for that. But if not, it's going to be Jaron Hall. Yeah. Where does Jacob Conover fit into this conversation? Because a lot of people are excited about him. Notably one of our colleagues, we're Dave McCann. S- we're still excited about him. Okay. I just don't think BYU is going to throw a freshman out there. I just don't. 
Jacob's going to be a baller, dude. It's just not his time. Can a kicker or a punter or the combo no, of those no. win the because, training camp? <laughs> no, because they barely do anything in training camp. They, they're like, they're like, do we even know if they showed up yesterday? I mean, wasn't it Kalani that said I'm, yesterday? Yeah, Ryan Rico had like a 70-yard pump, but I hope I never see him on the field. Right? Yes. Ryan Rico, by the way, is 6'6". I always thought the dude was 6'4". He's 6'6". He's an incredible athlete. Like, you stand next to him, you're like, yeah, you're an athlete. They wondered if he'd play defensive line seriously when he came into BYU as well. <laughs> The and next said, Brad no. Hunter, the punter. Hunter, the punter. <laughs> Give him a 92. Neck roll. Give yes. him a neck roll. Carter Wheat's wearing one of those or wore one last year. Bring back no, the neck not roll. a neck roll. Sorry, just like bring, a bring back neck the neck roll though to the pad. Oh the no, elevated no. pad. You don't so, like it? So inconvenient. It looks cool, but it for looks that guy, cool. it's the worst. Yes, it, lo- it makes you look way tougher. <laughs> Shane Muirbrook was an the offensive he was guy. An animal with the neck. Pad. Offensive guy doesn't need it. Okay. Defense, sure. <laughs> and midriffs. Did you remember the fullback with the huge neck pad? That'd be funny. Okay. <laughs> that'd be awesome. Mason Wake. <laughs> yes. That'd be All awesome. right. Our question of the day. What does BYU have to prove coming off of that unforgettable 2020 season? 11 wins. Finally finished ranked. At Jay Linehan on Twitter answers our good friend Johnny. Uriah is dead right. BYU has to prove they are a top 25 team, and this is the perfect schedule for that next man up. Yeah, perfect because there's some winnable Power 5 games. Let's go. Okay. Our lead voice of the day, presented by Sundance Mountain Resort, from Troy Beagley, says, since Utah forfeited last season, we wish. BYU needs to beat them again this year and make it 2-0. Well, it's worth four games. I've pointed this out a couple times now. It's worth four games. BYU and Utah are not playing next year and the year after that. Thank Florida for that. It's worth four games. You have to it. sit on it again and then that dubious streak of like so many days since BYU has beaten Utah. Well, Utah will sit on a three-year streak Ugh. of lo- losing. Ooh, Utah. okay. Up to BYU. Okay. Yeah, yeah that would be saying. nice to flip that in reverse. I know that Utah's not playing Utah. Today's Rise and Shoutouts presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. Uh, oh, sorry, the official credit union of the BYU Cougars. Uh, BYU football, welcome back. Uh, it was just great to see the guys practicing out there. This isn't last year's practice where they didn't know if they were going to play somebody. They know. I love the energy and the smile from Uriah Leatow specifically. I thought it was a really fun media session yesterday. There, okay, thanks to today's guest, Greg Rubel. Started Dennis Pitta. We ran out of time. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUSA. For Jerem, I am Spencer. Shout out to Tyler Anderson. We'll see you tomorrow, or rather on Monday, for more BYU football fall camp. Tomorrow night. And tomorrow night, soccer. Soccer, Soccer, blue and white game. Go Cougs.